Welcome to Culture Bites, where we take culture theory and turn it into everyday insights. We're powered by Human Synergistics, and our mission is to change the world one organization at a time. We can only do that together with our amazing community, so thank you for listening. Welcome to Culture Bites. My name's Dominic Gawley. I'm a consultant with Human Synergistics Australia, and I'm joined by fellow consultant based down in Melbourne, Ash Smith. Hey, Ash. G'day, Dom. How gang? Good. We've got you back. <laughs> back not only on Culture Bites, but back at Human Synergistics. So Ash took a few years, went, did a, a chief operating role, so chief of people and customer, got a bunch of you know new insights and experiences, I guess, from that, Ash, and then we got you back. So you couldn't stay away. No, it's uh, it's good to be back for sure. Well, we love having you back, that's for sure, Ash. And I thought what might be kind of cool, given you know that recent experience in that role, and you know, I at a senior leadership level, kind of capturing your insights while they're still sort of you know fresh out of the oven, so to speak. Yep. Around that, you know, and the importance of leadership, particularly at that level, and how does it make a difference? So I'd love to hear your views, Ash, on you know. What is the role of a leader in an organization, particularly at that level? Yeah, yeah, it's a good question, Dom. And I suppose having many years sitting on one side of the fence around advising about leadership and development and coaching other leaders to be on the other side of the fence and actually be held, account- <laughs> held accountable for the, for the real outcomes of leadership was a great eye. No, whilst it wasn't my first line management role, it was certainly one that you know, highlighted the importance of that leadership role more than than ever before. So it's great to be sort of back in a in an opportunity to have both levels of experience now to be able to sort of really empathise and sympathise with the challenges that leaders have. Mm-hmm. But it probably also really highlighted how critical our roles are as leaders, not just in doing stuff. You know, the role we have practically to get on with on a day to day basis, and obviously then managing a whole range of people, but sort of the impact we have on the individuals within the organization, yep. our colleagues, and the overall performance of the organization, we have a much bigger impact on those things than I think, you know, technically I knew it, but now I, I really practically understand how incredibly important our role is as a leader and the impact we have on these organizations and the people within them. Yeah, interesting. So it goes beyond just the direct thing you might be doing or directly responsible for on on the sort of job, bottom of the job description, I suppose. Yeah, correct. Yeah, absolutely. And so what what are leaders ultimately responsible for, I guess, if we think in terms of, you know, in that executive C-suite kind of level, you know, what are some of the key balls they're juggling, if you like? Yeah, it's a really, I think this is a key question because I think way too many leaders and leadership teams gray that line and, you know, drift too far down into then doing and managing and directing. And the reality is that if you're doing that, you're really saying that you don't trust and believe in the team that you got below you, which is still your responsibility because if you're hanging on to that that team that are not effective and, and not capable of doing what they're supposed to be doing, you've not made a decision to, to address that. And so I think the role right. that we have as leaders is that You've got to be really good at creating a strategy that makes sense for the customer and the sta- and the shareholders, stakeholders, but also the ability to make sure that that everybody in the organisation clearly understands and buys into that. You know, so what beyond the mission and purpose stuff, which I think is critical, but assume that's been somewhat established. This is about what are we immediately trying to achieve, and does everybody make uh, you know can make sense of that? Can they connect with that within their environment? And how do we empower them and make them feel energised to go and do that? 
And so I think the leadership role that we play outside of our tactical deliveries, still things that we need to do, is to make sure that people understand the strategy, what are the goals that we're trying to achieve, and how do we help them deliver on that? That makes sense to them, and they're energized in doing so. I love that, Ash, because you know, working in the culture space in particular, we talk about articulation of mission. And one of the first things I'll often do when I'm debriefing the exec team is ask, so you know, what did the last couple of years look like? What do the next few years look like? Which is strategy, right? So yeah. what are we trying to achieve over the next five years or something yeah. like that? And I reckon it's 50-50, the number of times where half of them will be like, uh, Ash, you know, can you uh, look it up on the internet or something, you know, download it. And it's like, guys, as leaders of this organization, you know, that should be on the tip of our tongues. And what I like with what you're saying as well is that it should be dead simple. Everyone should be able to understand it versus sometimes I'll see the plan on a page, which is awesome, right? But what's the, the point of a plan on a page is simplicity, right? It's got to yeah. be simple. But then you see the page is actually an A3 page and the font is like <laughs> six-point font, you know? It's like, guys. Yeah, squeeze it all on. It's too complicated. Yeah, and, and that's I think that's a critical role of the leaders at that very sort of first level, which is about really making it clear as to what we're here to do. Mm. But I think the other part that I've sort of raised there subtly is around making sure everyone's energized and it makes sense to them. So, yeah. in other words... I know as an employee or a manager working for me that I know what my role in delivering on that is. And not only do I know about it, but I'm energized by it. So I feel connected. I feel capable. And if I'm not capable, I feel supported. Yep. Uh, as in, you know, there might be some areas in, in the requirement that's a bit out of my you know, background and skill set, but I know that I'm going to be supported. I'm not going to be told off if there's you know, a mistake along the way and or you know, I'll be developed and supported if there is. So make sure that I learn from it. And so I think the connection for leaders is to make sure that it's not just what we need to do, but sort of helping them understand the comfort around the how and what our role as leaders will be to support them through that, including, you know, having those tough conversations and not just simply, you know, oh, well, good try, well done, move on. But hey, look, you know, Dom, good effort, well done, that's excellent. How can we support you to, uh, you know, improve that or do that differently? Or what did you learn from that and how would you do it differently next time? So it's about keeping the energy up and, and support up so that people every day come in. And if you're not there doing something, you know, you're off doing something else, they want to keep doing what's best for the organization and for their teams and themselves without you having to be standing there watching them. We, so keeping them energized and connected is critical as well as, you know, being clear about the what. We want people using their initiative, you know, yeah. which is straight in that, that achievement slice of the pie. And in order to use your initiative, hey, we've got to understand where we're going. We've got to understand the strategy in simple terms and, and how we get there. Otherwise, if I don't understand that, I've got to go, hey, uh, Ash, uh, what should I do here? You know, I've got to check in and ask, how can I Correct. make a decision? Correct. And I think the best leaders know that they want to surround themselves with people who feel comfortable, have the initiative to make decisions, to make some mirrors, but, but able to give it a go versus you having to always be there. And I think, again, this is about having this positive impact on the environment you're around as opposed to having to control the environment you're around. Yeah. And I think that's where I talked about the crossing of the lines. You know, senior leaderships, teams can sometimes drift too far down into start directing as to how and yeah. when and why and blah, blah. And I think that controlling, sometimes accidental, but I think we've got to be really careful of the difference between our role and supporting our teams to deliver on what is their role. And I think it can be kind of confusing the timeline, the time horizon, 
of leadership mm. because that is very short term, right? It's this decision on this project, on this thing, you know, this email, whatever, where really is, especially as senior leaders, as executives, we've got to expand that horizon. What's the big win? Yeah. Well, the big win isn't this individual email. It's having a team that can execute those emails without me being there. Yeah. And do it in the right way. You know, and if, if it's the case where this particular email is so important that it, you know, is, we have to get this one right, then I guess that is a strategic item in and of itself. But it's so rare. I mean, that's one in a thousand, you know, if we're honest with ourselves. But sometimes I think we can get involved in the short-term stuff rather than trusting people and build, developing them and building them and building their initiative over the long term. Yeah, and I think that's a, a great way of, for leaders to sort of somewhat tactically measure where they're diving too deep is how many unanswered emails are in their inbox, you know, and why are they included in those emails as opposed to having trust in the teams to be dealing with it at an operational level with a view that your teams will, will you know, keep you up to date on the critical levels and vice versa. You'll keep them up to date of what's working at the strategic level for the organisation and allow the separation in the responsibilities and accountabilities but also, as you talked about, you know, being broader, I think the senior leaders are also about making sure the culture is aligned to the strategy and the purpose right. of the organization and not allowing, you know, things on a day-to-day basis to be dragging that culture back down into a space that's not going to be supportive of its long-term, you know, objectives. And so way too often as senior leaders, we tend to look out the window and look at cultures in our organization and say, oh, look, our culture's not working look at all the things that are broken. I'm, I'm going, yeah, but that's not a window. It's a mirror and it's telling you that <laughs> actually look in the mirror because that's the culture is happening as a result of what you're directly or indirectly telling it to do. We have the biggest impact, if not the most significant impact on culture, in my view, as senior leaders. And so important that, you know, taking ownership of that. Yeah, if people are getting a message that we don't want to intend, what are we going to do about it? And, and you know, as consultants, we often get bought in to fix them. Yeah, and I yeah, go out of uh, everyone else yeah. needs fixing, but me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like and that. I Not a window; that, it's a mirror. Yeah, and I do use that analogy quite a bit when talking to my sort of senior leader colleagues uh, as a consultant to say, "Are yeah, you looking out the window or looking in the mirror?" Because unless we can reflect as to what impact and contribution we're making positively and sometimes not so positively, then it's it's not going to work because you know we do hold a fair significant part of the keys to positive you know success in organizations. So it's something that I'm very passionate about, making sure that we all do our very best to have the most positive experience on not only individuals, but the organizational performance through our leadership. I love that. So set the strategy, shape the culture, care for the yep. employees, develop that future talent. What else are senior leaders responsible for? Yeah, look, I think it's the, one of the keys is to make sure that, you know, as a single head of a department, for example, most SLT members are, is to make sure that you're not, you know, the succession to some degree, you talk about talent, developing talent. If you not being there means that things slow down or stop, like that's a fundamental risk in an organizational strategic, you know, framework. So whilst you're there because you've got great experience, you may have some technical knowledge, you know, for example, in my role, you know, I wasn't really an expert in either of the two functions that I had responsibility for, but I didn't need to be because I had really strong teams, very capable people underneath me. And my job was to make sure that they understood the direction of the strategy and that they felt supported in the areas that were a bit difficult for them. And so therefore, to make sure that you weren't 
you know, fundamentally holding the organization to ransom for its productivity based on the fact that you didn't have capable people underneath you, that they weren't clear about the strategy. So I think really about the ability to make sure you've got good risk management around your people and the culture and that, that things continue to grow and prosper with or without you. And again, it doesn't mean that your role's not valuable and it's less valuable once you've got this incredibly strong team around you. Quite the opposite. I think that allows you then as a senior leader to go and think outside the square, to start thinking of alternative strategies, alternative customer bases, alternative approaches to things because you're not too dragged into the day-to-day and don't see the trees for the forest. So I think as, as senior leaders, we do have a very key responsibility to make sure that the people, list, people and culture risk strategy is managed by you not having to be the core and centre of everything within your area. So I think that's key as well. Um, and I think that's a bit beyond culture. Culture for me, just jumping a little bit to the side, you talked about you know, strategy, culture, and I'm sort of adding to it now, the people risk management component. I think the culture piece is also about making sure the systems and processes and structures are aligned to the strategy and not a separate component. So if your customer is a, you know, if you've got a very dynamic customer strategy, then having really clumsy and complex processes and systems and multiple signatories and those sorts of things, well, that's counterintuitive to what you're telling them is your strategy, which is being dynamic for the customer. So, you know, I think as senior leaders, our job is to make sure that all components of the organisation are aligned to the strategy. So when it comes to culture outside of leadership, having a massive impact on culture, obviously, it's all those systems and processes, et cetera. So I think our role has to be about making sure they're aligned as well because it'll just all work against each other and you'll wonder why it's not as productive and easy. So I think those things are important as well. And to make sure, obviously, that your, your management team underneath you are all singing from the same hymn sheet and they're not competing you know, with each other as well within the structure to sort of stand out and look good or feel good. So there's some complexities to it and it's not an easy job. I think we're not all, we're not all born to be great leaders and not that I'm saying that, that I am at any stretch. I constantly learn from this space and probably learn more and more nowadays, you know, 20, 30 years into it than I did at the, in the early stages where you, where you probably think you are at your earliest stage of learning. I think once you get a bit more mature, you open your mind to the fact is we don't know this stuff off the top of our head every day and that reaching out and getting some help is really critical because it changes, you know, it changes on a dime. You know, COVID threw us a bit of a curveball and we all had to stop and rethink how do we now lead the teams around us. And so you're constantly having to reassess how you lead and reaching out and asking for some help or just having good colleagues around you that you can ask some questions about this stuff I think is important as well. 100%. And I think it's having the that time out to be like, how am I traveling, you know, as a leader? Because yeah. it's yeah. easy to get just swept up in the moment and reflect, oh, you know, was I pursuing the big win or did I get sucked into the day-to-day? And the reality is we will. Everyone does. We're leaders yeah. are humans too, you know, True. And, and that's just the reality of it. But it's just, you know, just like in your personal life, it's worth hitting the pause button every so often and, you know, am I still on the path or not? And if I'm falling off it, okay, how do we get back on? Yeah, Simple and I think that's that great analogy of the window and, and mirror. If you're always walking past the mirror to look out the window, you'll never quite stop and assess uh, just how is it looking. I like it. Yeah, I like it. You know, another one I'm just wondering about, Ash, is sometimes, you know, depending on the organizational setup, particularly I'm thinking CEOs have to deal with boards in a commercial aspect or or even in like government, perhaps, you know, minister or or other kind of actors that are outside of the organ. Well, I mean, I guess boards inside the organization, but you, do you know what I mean? It's kind of yeah. 
semi-external, I guess, yeah. I don't know. What, yeah. what am I saying? Do you know what I mean though? Like, And so there's those stakeholders and there can be pressures and so on, expectations coming from those groups. So how do you handle those? Yeah, great question. And the reality of most CEOs and senior leadership teams, they're dealing with a board or an owner or you know, a local government or state or federal government ministry components and and they're all challenges. But we all fundamentally have somebody that we, you know, we report to or have to answer to or check in with and just make sure that everything is aligned. So we all we all have those. Some are more complex and some are more tricky than others, I suspect, as we've dealt with in our, our roles as consultant. As consultants, we we see that on a regular basis. I think there's been a reality check that both Boards and senior leadership teams, I think, are really understanding the impact that they're having on cultures and performance. Royal commissions have made it clear that you know it's not the sh- mm. people at the front line who are ultimately accountable for some of these issues that have gone wrong. It's been very much pushed to the boards and the senior leadership team actions, behaviours, decisions that are clearly being responsible for the outcomes and the cultures that that mm. have played out. And I think. The challenge for any leader is our level of courage, the ability to be able to say, hey, look, chairperson, board, councillor, et cetera, et cetera, very good point, understand where you're coming from. Is that aligned to our overall strategy? Is it, you know, is it a decision that the whole of the board, et cetera, are comfortable with? Slash, hey, I think you're drifting into management territory versus board territory. Can you, you know, step back and allow us to, to lead the organisation? is a tough conversation to have, seriously tough conversation to have. One that has to happen and one that needs to happen more and more because I think way too many boards drift into management and management then fundamentally implementers versus being accountable and responsible for setting strategy and the board there to prove and to hold them accountable for the, the high values delivery of that strategy. But it does take courage and I've seen some amazing leaders be able to do that and I can tell you the performance of those organizations would significantly outstrip their competitive organizations where you know our courage is a little bit less and unable to push back and therefore you've got these competing interests by several different board member views and different then SLT member views because they'll have an alignment to one of the board members and no one doesn't. So you see all these breakdowns and complexities right. starting to occur. And we think that it's not seen by the rest of the organization, but you know, <laughs> it's that's crazy. Of course they see it. And so you had this sort of then unwinding of clarity of strategy and unwinding of team dynamic and unwinding of the ability for the leader, senior leadership team to get on and do their job seamlessly without the complexity of an internal arm wrestle between boards. So I think we're seeing, as you know, Don, we're seeing more and more boards and senior leadership teams discussing these things with us together because they realize that relationship is critical the impact they have on each other is critical. And subsequently, if you want to have a really effective delivery into the workplace of your strategy, the people, you know, the leadership component, the customer interface, then you don't need internal distractions happening at board and senior leadership level. So I think we're seeing more and more awareness that those relationships have to be tight, they have to be aligned, and they they certainly have to stay in their swim lane, so to speak. And it, and it doesn't mean you don't put pressure on each other. That's a really positive constructive dynamic of pushing up to the board and the board pushing down to you, but knowing when to stop that and stepping back and giving the green light. Or if there's a bigger issue saying we all need to stop and reassess where we're going here and have that as a mature conversation versus you know multiple stakeholders doing different things. So that's a critical component of any successful organization is to make sure all of those stakeholders, you know, the external stakeholders are tough on us enough without having to worry about managing internal stakeholder 
relationship. So, mm, mm. but I think courage is that is that other element in leadership that we underestimate. You know, our ability, our self actualizing, our ability to say, "Hey, you know, where am I at in this conversation? Do I feel safe? Do I feel comfortable? Is it aligned to my own, you know, authenticity as a leader? And can I and will I address these issues?" And not all of us, you know, again, have that courage to be able to do that. I know in my own career, I've had many stages where I just did not feel courageous enough to to ha- stand by what I think was right and be authentic to my leadership. Mm-hmm. And there's been other times where I have. And again, you surprise yourself every time you do address something with respect and dignity and in a constructive way, it works. And sometimes, yep. you know, it just takes a bit of courage. But again, that's a difficult thing. We're not we're not naive to the reality of how tough this is. Yeah, no. Yeah. I always say, uh, you know, leadership is simple, not easy. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's like simple. On paper, we all know what to do, but it's not always as easy to implement. You know, interesting, I I liked your thing about if the board's too involved, just like if the executive team are too involved below them, Mm. Mm. you turn the level under you into implementers without ownership. I'm just doing what I'm told. So now we're sort of in a dependent type relationship if we think in circumplex terms. Yeah. Right. And if people aren't taking ownership, that's not a good place. No. Well, so there, there's a classic connection around the impact we have as leaders. So if, if our role is constantly about telling, you know, people what, when, how, and why, and we're too deep down, they go home and they feel flat because they're not, you know, they didn't actually have any input to what's going on. You know, sometimes initially people might give the impression that they're happy that you've just given them the direction they go off. But we know as, as human beings that ultimately at some point in that journey, we'll stop and go, why am I here? I don't feel like I'm actually adding any value to the decisions. I don't feel like they're even my decisions. I don't think, actually agree with half of them because they, don't, they haven't listened to you know, us on the shop floor as to what's, what's happening here. So I start to go home and I actually start to have negative conversations about, I don't know why I bother with this job. My boss is always you know, telling me what to do. So the impact isn't just nine to five. The impact is that our staff take those challenges home with them and you know they'll talk to their you know buddies at the sports club or whatever and they'll start talking about it and so it's a bit of that barbecue test you know what are, how are people reflecting about the experience they've just had beyond a job they talk about the relationship they have with it you know and, and, and again it's that classic story people don't leave companies they leave leaders they leave bosses mm. and I still think that's fundamentally true in many cases I'm, I'm sure there's some some varying you know research and thoughts but I still think to some degree a large part of of what happens is we get tired of a less than a positive experience and, and that's reflected in either unproductivity and we stay or we check out and we leave. And so that, that impact is important that we consider that as leaders is as an, a tangible example is not to be too hands-on and not to be too deep in because it actually detracts away from others' satisfaction, ability to, to buy in. And I can hear, you know, our colleagues are saying, oh, yeah, but she's Ash, not everybody wants to participate and, you know, contribute. Yeah, okay, so find a way to make them, you know, still motivated and happy because you don't need 200 people involved in every decision, but you still need to find a way for everyone to feel connected and valued and, you know, feel that they did their, they did their best on that day without you telling them how, when, and why. Yeah, and for me it's not about involving 200 people in every decision, but it's yeah. involving in the, them in the decisions that are appropriate to their level and their job. That impacts them, yeah. <laughs> Do you know, and, and the stuff that actually they know how to do this, you don't yeah. need to tell them. And, you know, it's interesting for me because you're kind of talking about, I guess there's a business effectiveness argument for it, you know, which I'm all into. So, hey, we want people using their initiative. 
making stuff happen. Therefore, we can be much more dynamic in responding to customers, innovation, you know, all sorts of stuff comes from that. But also, you know, what you're talking to is outside of that perhaps business argument for it, there's people's lives. Yeah. You know, and and you said it and I've heard, you know, lots of people say, oh, well, yeah, but Dominic, you know, Ash or people in my team, they just show up to do their nine to five and go home. They don't want to take any responsibility. They don't want to, you know, do well or whatever, you know, just do the bare minimum. And I reckon that's a bunch of hooey. Yeah. Uh, Because I think naturally we all want to make a difference. Naturally, we all want to be in control of our lives. Naturally, we want to do all this stuff. But somewhere along the line, perhaps a less than constructive leader is sort of beating it out of them. You know, and so it's like, okay, well then I'll just be resigned to doing what I'm told. But that's not naturally where they come from. And if you if you flip the script and you give them that opportunity, I bet people meet you on that road. Yeah. And I think that the I have this sort of thought bubble around this space for a while now, and I, st- I still feel that it's a really a challenging thought at least, which is we spend a lot of our time, particularly as leaders, focusing on that sort of top 10 or 20% high performers connected to the organizational strategy, and they've got high energy. And so we get energy from being around them. We put all our time and effort into there. I reckon there's this huge amount of organizational upside, social upside, as if organizations, we said, well, let's look at our sort of maybe lower 20 or 30% of connection, productivity, interest level, you know, our judgment of those things and said, how do, we, how do we reconnect these people into being more aligned and aware of the strategy, more connected as to what their jobs are contributing towards that? The amount of times I've gone into a, you know, an accounts to payable team and talked about the impact they have on the customer, I go, oh, no, we don't even see the customer, we yeah. don't impact. Hey, yeah, but if you don't pay the bills on time or you don't get the money in on time and it has an impact on the ability for us to provide the services that we need to for the customer, they don't get it and therefore the customer's unhappy. How can you say you don't have a relationship to the customer? Oh, yeah, I hadn't thought about that. So your ability as a leader to sort of look at that bottom 20%, if, and I don't mean that in a judgmental way, but just in those things around, you know, people are slightly less connected or we, we, we have made a judgment about, you know, their abilities and, and so forth. If we invested heavily in that bottom 20%, imagine the upside of an organizational effectiveness because the people at the top, they've already got the experience. They've already got the training, they've already, largely. And so they're already probably going to deliver on the outcomes because they're, they're at that experience level. If we worked on, as a leader, that group at, the, at, at our organizational assessment of being, say, say at, the, at the less motivated and less connected, there'd be huge upside. So I think as a leader, again, as you talked about, Dom, is that our, our ability to make sure we connect with everybody in our teams and not just sort of spend our time. Now, again, if there's outcasts and they're really not buying in and they have checked out, that's okay, but deal with it. You know, uh, don't just accept it and complain about it. Sit down with them and say, look, there's, there's just not a connection here. How do we find them a, a very respectful and mature way for this to, you know, have a different outcome? So it's not about ignoring and complaining about it. As a leader, you've got to deal with it. Yeah, and, and interesting because a lot of those are, are cultural kind of stuff. It's back to your, we've got to make sure the stuff we do is aligned to the strategy. So yeah. how do you connect to the customer? You know, all that stuff is culture and it's the tide that lifts all boats. Yep. You know, it's the tide that lifts all boats. So, yeah, get that stuff right. What difference does it make for the business and for people? Yeah. You know, and for people. They go home. We have the same head on our shoulders when we leave at the end of the day. Go home. Yep. Yeah. 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 This concept of we're different at home to what we are at work, you know, 
we know through the thousands of people we deal with on a day-to-day basis in coaching and debriefs that there's not a brick wall that you walk through and that it just it just stops. You take those experiences uh, from a workplace into the into the home. Equally, sometimes we know that we've got challenges at home and we come to work and we're not quite as switched on. And again, if you can provide an environment where you know we're we're there to get the best out of our people, we're there. You know, I I can't remember exactly who the company was, but I remember the statement they made, which is we want people to go and leave their experience working, having worked for us better than the way they came. And I thought, what a great way to approach being an employer that, you know, no matter how we get people, we want to make them better as a result of having an experience working with us. And I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, I was just trying to look up. I don't know if it's the same one you're talking about, but... Tony Lowings, who is the CEO of KFC or of, um, yeah, of KFC, Yum Brands, talked about, you know, a lot of people that might be their first job and stuff, you know, working at, at a KFC. And so it was, they had, it was interesting. He talked about how they had a social responsibility actually to, you know, get these people prepared for, you know, going on in their careers and introducing them to some, you know, levels of leadership and, you know, all that sort of stuff and it was just an interesting way of seeing it yeah you know, i remember ford years ago providing computers for everybody in their homes and then i thought well, why would you huh. do that why would you and, and it, because they knew that there was a technology revolution coming and they wanted to have every employee from a, a man you know guy on the manufacturing shop floor to be able to go home and have access to a computer and so that mindset as a leader to say i'm not just here to do a job and nine to five i get everyone to get their things ticked off as much as possible I have a responsibility to do that, to make sure that the shareholders and stakeholders are satisfied with the outcomes, but also that employees feel you know, more positive for being here than they, they otherwise would. And I think if you can get that balance right, not only will it be great, great for the performance of the organization and others, but you'll actually feel the benefits. You know, I know having, you know, again, come out of that, that last line management role, what a fantastic group of people. I got as much energy out of it, hopefully, as they did. And so it's not just about a task that you deliver on, it actually creates a momentum that you love going to work and doing what you did and they loved, you know, delivering on the outcomes and they went home and spoke positively about the experience. So, you know, it's a, I think it's beyond just the corporate responsibility but also the impact we can have on the social uh, fabric of our organi- uh, of people that live in our organisations as well outside of work. Yeah, well, well put. And I think we're, there's increasing awareness about all of this stuff that we're talking about, the impact of leaders. And we see that reflected in the interest in our leadership impact too, appropriately named, you know, which is looking at that sort of next ring out. So it's not just how we behave, but it's actually looking at what are we creating in others? So as a leader, you know, am I encouraging that, you know, use your initiative achievement kind of stuff or is it the dependent, you know, check in with me, delegate upwards, yeah. Uh, you know, wait, hold back, you know, versus go for it. Yeah, I think the certainly without sounding salesy, the impact tool has become a bit of a, a shining light for me because it does help us as leaders not only understand, you know, sort of, again, I think the analogy of the window mirror, sometimes we can be sort of looking out the window, not quite connecting with the reality of our behaviour because in many cases that behaviour has been rewarded, which has put us into that more senior role but it doesn't necessarily always immediately translate into being a positive impact on others' uh, ability to continue to be the most effective they can be. So I really like the impact tool because it does help us as leaders to understand really clearly a bit more about looking in the uh, reflection in the mirror, which is 
what is actually the impact that we're having on others. And in many cases, a lot of positive impacts, of course. Um, and you need to know that because, you know, we do things sometimes and don't quite realize that it's actually had a really positive impact on people. Sure. So getting the ability to see what specific strategies am I applying that is working well so I can keep doing that and then identifying anything that is a bit of a gap, in particular the impact I'm having on others. And that's, I suppose, for me today was a conversation that I was really passionate about as a leader, making sure that the impact you're having on others is positive. Yes, you want to go home in your own assessment of your own feelings and you know, did I have a good day? Did I enjoy what I was doing? All those sorts of things are really critical. It's a balance. You can't just be focused on everyone else. But equally, and I think sometimes we can get a bit caught up in our own world and not be as attuned to how we're impacting others. And I think sometimes, not to be too harsh, but if you take the salary and the you know, the title, then you've got a responsibility of being really focused on also understanding the impact we're having on others. It's a special position and it has a, you know, oversized impact on others. So mm, uh, let's true. make sure we're getting it right. So I love that, Ash. Thanks for taking me through that. So, you know, if I kind of sum up some of the points was, you know, the responsibilities you talked about, it was really, what's that big one? Yeah. Set the strategy, manage the culture towards it, manage the staff, build for the future, get them aligned, manage those external stakeholders, be that board or minister or, yeah. or customers or what have you. Understand the customer for that matter. You know, and realize that we have an impact beyond the business case, which is very important and I'm passionate about. Absolutely, we need to have that. But it extends beyond that too because people have the same head on their shoulders when they leave at the end of the day. And so it's to get a bit of feedback on that, see how we're traveling, what's working for us, what could we do different to be more effective. Yeah. Uh, Hit that pause button, you know, have a look. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks so much for those tips today, Ash. I love them. I'm going to have to get you on another podcast (laughs) it's good to be back all right see ya take care Dom thanks for listening to this episode of Culture Bites if you enjoy the show remember to subscribe on iTunes Stitcher SoundCloud or wherever you get your podcasts also leave us a review it helps other people to find the show if you have a question you'd like us to answer email podcast at human-synergistics.com.au we'd love to answer it This podcast is copyrighted by Human Synergistics Australia, all rights reserved. To learn more about what we do, visit human-synergistics.com.au.